Well, we're up and away for our first edition of ZavChat for this term, term two of 2023. And we've got a very special guest again today, and we've got some really great people lined up through this uh, second term. So, as I always say, please get your friends to follow us on Spotify. But Bill, into it we go. Thanks very much, Shane. And, and Nick, it's great to be back uh, for another term. It's a winter sport term, um, and I think... Uh, schools like ours develop a really great rhythm uh, in this term. So we can't wait, uh, certainly for the term ahead, but also for this uh, next block and series of, of our Zab Chats. Uh, special guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Mick Sasser, Olsverian uh, of the class of 1979. Welcome back, Mick. You were obviously here on Sunday for our beautiful Anzac Day Mass as well. Yeah, no, I was. Thanks, Bill, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. So happy to be here, and I'm always happy to help out on uh, the Sunday service. I think that's my third or fourth year now, so very happy to help out. Terrific. So just to kick us off, and then I'll throw over to Nick, but uh, obviously the 25th of April is enormous on uh, the nation's calendar, and I note also the 11th of November uh, are two probably the principal dates. Just help our listeners uh, through, you know, the difference between these two and, and maybe what Anzac Day means for you? Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, Anzac Day and Remembrance Day on the 11th of November are really personal and, and they're personal in terms of one's own experience but also one's own reflections that occur at that time. So Anzac Day for me is an opportunity to just get together certainly with mates uh, and friends and families and just reflect on you know what are the present day benefits if you will uh, that are engendered by the sacrifice of so many and also reflect on the fact that Anzac Day to me is really about Australia stepping onto the international stage and what that meant as a consequence and Australia's lived experience as a nation since the 25th of April 1915. In contrast, I think to me, Remembrance Day is more about the sacrifice of so many over so long. And when you think about the fact that, you know, if we add up um, all of Australia's service deaths, you know, it's about 102,000 in round figures. Um, in since since the 25th of April 1915 and if you reflect on the fact that the crowd at the MCG on the weekend was 95 96,000 so more than that uh, we've lost so what have we lost as a nation uh, and what it, what has that sacrifice meant do we live up to that sacrifice uh, do we maximize the future that they fought and died for for us and it's also important to expand that reflection in terms of families uh, and particularly those who stayed at home because they served as well and they waited. And in most cases, as we know, and there's over 60,000 casualties in the First World War, that news wasn't good. Um, and even just the uh, the other day, we learnt that they've discovered the wreck of the um, Montevideo and Maru, uh, and you know there are some 900 Australian servicemen who now have a known grave, uh, and you know that that comes some uh, you know since 1942, I think uh, it was sunk in July 1942, 
Um, so some of those families have been waiting for confirmation of where their loved ones are uh, all that time. Yeah, um, I think that analogy you used of the MCG and like comparing that with all those um, fallen Anzacs, I think that certainly, I'd never thought about it like that way and that certainly um, certainly makes an impact. Um, just touching on Michael, how did you become like involved in the Defence Force and sort of your path to becoming where you are today? Hey, thanks, Nick. That's actually an interesting story. Um, so uh, I completed my Xavier education in 1979 and I was really keen on joining the Army after leaving school. <clears throat> and I remember that there were um, a number of uh, boarding masters who decided to have a chat to me about the fact that there were other options in life. Um, I won't name names, but uh, they're still around today. And uh, so I got talked into going to uni and doing economics and law. So I went to Monash. Um, and anyway, it didn't take long for me to realise that I had to follow my passion in life. And so I enlisted into the army, 14th of February, 1989, at Valentine's Day, bad year for love, but that's a different conversation altogether. And or as my wife says, it probably was my first love. But um, she's my only love. However, so I, I sort of what I did was I joined the army um, and then continued my uni degrees part time. And so this year, what in 2023, that means now I'm in my 34th year in uniform. And it has been a roller coaster ride. But uh, in the course of which I um, met my wife and uh, that's all good, and uh, we've been uh, married in 1996, got married in the Xavier Chapel, actually, and now our son, Nick, is in year 10 at Xavier. Um, we, live in a, we live in a complex world. It's intricate, and you know, it's um, interesting. You know, you've had 34 years in the armed services, and, and I look at the, the relevance, though, and the, um, obviously the developed thinking that you and so many in the armed forces have done, not just in war games, as it were, but in how that reflects over to life. You gave a wonderful address, a leadership address at Burke Hall uh, a year or two ago, which I distinctly remember, and you spoke of, um, you know, that our, our world is not binary uh, and therefore it, it's not black and white and our role, therefore, is to win the grey. Absolutely. It was a line that... So maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, the things that you've learnt on the journey that are so relevant for our complex modern world. This could go for a while, I gather. It's a pretty yeah. big question. I, I was about to say, Bill, how long have we got? <laughs> yeah. um, look, I think if you can sort of boil it down into the lessons I've learned, because it, it is really personal and, and one is shaped by one's experiences, I, I think that it's fairly fair to say that the, the difference between the past and the future is the choices we make. And those choices are informed through our lived experience, but also through our values and our character. So really it's important about how those values are shaped and what that looks like. So the decisions you make are always in context and we understand that the world is complex, but the world is complex because there is so much interconnectedness. And to my mind, it is populated by humans and a whole range of diverse and lovely life forms and ecosystems. But because humans are complex, 
the world is complex. And I think in making choices and making decisions, one needs to recognise that complexity. But it's the choices we make that distinguish the past from the future. And you could have almost been talking of, of the little ecosystem of Xavier College and all of those comments that you just made of values Maybe I was, and character. <laughs> Perfect, well done. I'm, I'm not missing it. Michael, uh, around that whole leadership concept, and I know you've just said it's the grey, but is there one or two things that really stand out to you as must-haves or must-dos? Look, I think to my mind, well, leadership is an art that you need to continually practice. And I don't think there is a perfect state. I also think leadership is contextual. And I think you apply the form of leadership that the situation demands. But if I could boil it down, it's probably around about knowing yourself and being true to yourself. Because to my mind, you can be an atom splitter, but if you're not a leader, no one's gonna follow you, not even out of interest. So it's a matter of, Leadership's about the vision thing, about articulating the vision and where you want either your team, your organisation to go and then getting everyone there. So everyone starts differently, but everyone wants to finish well. And I think that's, the, that's part of the art of leadership. Um, Michael, just another one. Uh, yesterday at the Anzac Day match after the game, Darcy Moore spoke wonderfully after the brilliantly, game brilliantly. Um, and one of the things he touched on was the families um, of those involved in the defence force and how they often they sort of don't get acknowledged for all the work that they do and um, you acknowledged them earlier about the people that had to stay home and wait but um, um, what would you say about like the sacrifice that your family has to make um, to sort of um, let people in the defence force go and do their job? Um, yeah, so uh, my wife uh, says we've been married uh, 26 years. Given my absences, is probably only 14. So the, the sacrifice that the families make uh, can never be underestimated uh, and I don't think it can ever be overvalued. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it's often not recognised. I'm certainly totally conscious of the sacrifices that my family's made and the families of those that I have uh, served with, that I've led overseas on operations, are totally conscious of that because recognising that every soldier, sailor, airman is part of a broader support network and that support network is vital and without that support network, that soldier, sailor, airman would not be able to do what they need to do. So on this uh, first edition of Zav Chat for Term 2, our special guest is Lieutenant Colonel Michael Sasser. And Bill, I think we've got time for one more quick one. Might sneak one in and, and maybe it goes back to your opening comment of why you're in the armed force. What would you say to a young Zaverian who's, uh, you know, contemplating in their last year or two of, uh, of schooling? Your, your son's uh, a few years off and we've got Nick here who's uh, got six months to go. You know, what, what messages might you give, Michael, to, to our young men as they're rounding off their journey? The message I'd give is that uh, your best life is lived in service, but that doesn't need to be service in uniform. And I think you need to make an informed decision uh, if that's what you want to do. I often say to young soldiers um, or people who are joining, what is it 
you want to achieve in life uh, and what is the impact you want to have uh, and is that best done in uniform or is that best done in another way serving and leading your community. So make an informed decision. It's not easy. It can be great but there are times when you will question your commitment and your decision to join. Did you go to the uh, dawn service yesterday? Um, I went to, we have a dawn service at Simpson Barracks, ah, so okay. um, I went there and uh, did that uh, and then spent uh, the rest of the day the way I normally do. Are you pretty thrilled that it seems to be really growing again after a couple of quiet COVID years? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what's really great to see is if I reflect on Anzac days of the past, and it used to be a smaller group of people who were remembering their friends, now it's expanded out and it's, it's, it's rightfully a national day where people from all walks of life uh, take the chance and the opportunity to reflect uh, on what Anzac Day means to the nation, but also what it means to them. Well, they've got a nervous school captain because he plays his first game for the first 18 this uh, weekend. I wonder if that'll feature in our Around the Grounds. Yeah, everyone, welcome to Around the Grounds. It is a big week. Um, the first... All the first teams for their respective sports are playing their first round of winter sport for the year. So um, everyone's been eagerly waiting, um, had long pre-seasons and I'm sure everyone will give it a good crack this weekend. And then um, all the other students will be participating in all the trial matches and um, um, just getting out there for a run before everything starts up officially the week after. So um, big week for Xavier Sport and hopefully um, get a few good results. Um, and so last Sunday we had the Anzac Day Liturgy and Commemorative Mass. And it I was think, outstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. It was, that, it was the first one I'd ever been to. And um, I was driving home with mum and dad and we were like, oh, I wish like make this a ritual of definitely going to this Mass every year because um, no, it was a really special occasion. And um, yeah, it was very good. Um, and also today, uh, all the students have got their Anzac Day Liturgy. So um, that would be a great occasion. It always is. It's always outside somewhere in the school and um, uh, promises to be great and a great way to um, acknowledge all the Anzacs. Uh, and then it's also fast approaching the Maytime Fair. So that's on the 6th of May, the first um, the first weekend of May. And um, it's always a massive occasion. I think uh, there's certainly a bit of growing excitement in the school community and it'll certainly keep growing over the coming weeks, but that certainly should be a great occasion. So looking forward to that for sure. I saw the sign up on Barker's Road for the uh, Maytime Fair. So yes, it does tell us it's uh, getting close. I've got one question for everyone on uh, this first edition of Term 2 Zav Chat before we uh, finish. And, Michael, you're very welcome. Lieutenant or Lieutenant, Michael? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant. Where, where does that come from? Uh, that's become English heritage, yeah. Oh, OK. It'd be Lieutenant in the States, would it? Probably, yeah. yeah or okay. in the Navy. Right, OK, yeah. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person, but it can't be your mum or dad or someone, you know, that you love and you're with all the time, there's one person on this earth who's alive, because I would have said Nelson Mandela, but I've made it hard for myself now. So I'm just trying to add Libby here to give you all a bit of a chance to think it through. Why don't we start with uh, Bill? Good shape. Well, I uh, must admit I was lucky enough to catch up with Barack Obama when he was in. So I'm going to wow. take a bit of a lead for you with, uh, not sure if he's Nelson Mandela, but um, I certainly found it was an incredible um, chat. He had the ability to... Um, um, practice the art of the pause and, and a real sense of margins of, of going deep 
and um, I, I found it a, a, a brilliant one hour of conversation. Obviously, it was 800 people in a room, so to be able to sit down on a one-on-one with Barack Obama, I think, would be uh, illuminating. Oh, fantastic. Um, Michael or Nick, anyone like to chime in? Um, this is one's a bit left field, and I probably wouldn't have thought of it, but for some reason it's come to me. Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's a really interesting guy, and um, he had, you know, it's a very high-pressure sport, F1, so um, that could be really interesting to hear about his thoughts on that one. And what about you, uh, Michael? Um, I'll go on uh, Bill's theme in terms of the US. I'd actually like to have a one-on-one dinner with General John Mathis, okay. the uh, former um, uh, you know, Secretary of Defence and uh, Commandant of the US Marine Corps because uh, he has had a lifelong combat experience and his insight into humanity and people and leadership would be just riveting. I, I, I'd probably have to go for an, you know, an eight-course meal just to <laughs> sort of get the key points. <laughs> Look, this has been great, Michael, to have you uh, along today. Pleasure. Um, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to the next Anzac uh, Mass in a, in a year's time. And uh, Nick and Bill will do it all again in uh, seven days. Good luck on the weekend, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Go Zabs. So there we go, our first edition for Term 2 of Zab Chat. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. Thanks for listening.